You are listening to the weekly podcast of City Church Orlando, located just off of 1792 at 650 Airport Boulevard in Sanford, Florida. Our website, orlandocitychurch.com. Today, Lead Pastor Eugene Smith will continue with our series called 50 Days to Fitness. All of us deal with problems. We all have issues that come up in this life. But Jesus came to provide the answers. God brings us to a place not to leave us hanging, but God wants to show himself strong on our behalf. Our scripture text comes from Acts chapter 9, starting in verse 3. Today's message is entitled, Soul Food. We're going to talk this morning about a guy who was radically changed. A guy in the Bible who experienced radical change. Wasn't necessarily a bad guy, probably the people that liked him thought he was a pretty good guy, but, but a lot of people didn't think he was a very good guy. But God came into his world and brought change. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, Paul the Apostle writing to a church. Now these guys at the, in the Corinthian church, they got lots of issues. I've said it before, but the Corinthian church had money. They had issues with money. They had issues with morality. They had issues with mission. They just had all kinds of issues in their life. But God's still working them. God loves them. He's still got a plan for them. We have two books of the Bible written to this church because of problems. Everyone say problem. We all got problems. Isn't that right? We all have problems, but we have one who has a solution to our problem. His name is Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11, the Bible says this. Dear brothers and sisters, I close my letter with these last words. Rejoice. Everyone say rejoice. rejoice. Now, what you were doing in worship, you were rejoicing just a few moments ago. It was awesome. The, the choir and the worship team just led us into the presence of God. We were rejoicing. Change your ways. You've got to change your ways. Encourage each other. Live in harmony and peace. Then the God of love and peace will be with you. If you change your ways and you encourage each other and you live in harmony. In other words, you're working towards being in agreement with other people. You're not, you're not causing problems. You're looking to be a solution. A lot of people in life, they're the problem. But they're not the solution. Everyone, what I know about life is everyone can point out a problem. Everyone. You can point out a problem in politics. You can point out a problem in sports. You can point out a problem in finance. You can, any problem. Very few people are actually solution solvers. Most people know the problem but don't know what the solution is. Paul says, if you live in harmony and peace, then the love of God and his peace will be with you. The next verse that I want you to see is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12. Because in just a few moments, I'm going to talk about food. Not a long part of the message, but I am going to talk about food, natural food and spiritual food. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12, Paul specifically is talking about food and our relationship to food and about drink and about other things, things that some, some would say they wouldn't do it, some would say that they did do it. Old Testament, they had all these foods that they couldn't eat, all these laws that they were to follow. Paul has this relationship with God, his life has changed. And so he gets a new understanding of our relationship to food because people have made food idle. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 6, verse 12, Paul says this like this. Everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. So everything's permissible, but I'm not going to be mastered by anything. When Jesus lived on this earth, this is what he said in John chapter, John chapter 4. 
Jesus said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish this work. That's what Jesus' mission was. His food, his life, his sustenance went beyond this and it went to doing the work of God. Let's pray. Father, in these next few moments, I pray that every person's heart would be open to change. God, this is all about you. I thank you this morning, Holy Spirit, that you are working in the lives of every person here. You brought them here. You drew them here. Maybe a friend invited them. I don't know how they came, but it was you that was at work in their life. And I thank you that you have good in store for them. So I pray that their hearts will be open to the change that you desire to bring. I ask this now, Jesus, in your wonderful and mighty name. Amen. Now, we've been on a journey together. Anybody know what the journey is over the last few weeks? What's our journey? 50 days of fitness. We've been discovering how to become fit God's way. And there's a bunch of us that are meeting in small groups around the city. And we're watching Dr. Don Colbert and, uh, and his book, The Seven Pillars of Health. We're watching the book. We're watching the book. Yeah, we're watching the book. Hopefully we're reading the book and we're watching the video. And we're talking about it. And it's been really challenging to me. As a matter of fact, weeks before this, at the end of last year, I really felt the Lord spoke this to my heart. I thought, well, I've preached on just about everything over the last 20 years of my life, but I really haven't spent very much time talking about our physical bodies. Now, I talk about things that we shouldn't do, but, but today I want to really sell some benefits. I want to tell you about some benefits of living God's way. And Dr. Don Colbert, listen, if you want to know more about food and health and all that kind of thing, get into a small group, get his book, talk with other people that are, you know, we're, we're discovering, we're on a journey together. But one of the things that I realized is that, you know, my, I'm a fairly healthy guy, but my diet at times gets really out of whack. And I don't eat right, and I can feel it. And I know you can't do Your body speaks to you. When you're not eating right, you can just feel it. And, and over the last couple of weeks, I've been really challenged. I've been reading ahead of the book, and he started talking about all this junk and stuff that, that, that Americans have put in our food. Now, we live longer, but we have more physical problems. And so many of the physical problems, there's actually a study that's been done that says 80% of our physical problems are, a direct, are directly related to behavioral choices, not genetic. 80%, they're related to behavioral choices. Not enough rest, too much drink, too much smoky, too much foodie, and, uh, and not enough water. Basic things, basic pillars of life, basic foundational things. We do too much of those things. We eat too much. We do all these things in excess. And therefore, and, because, and we also eat the wrong foods, therefore, we have lots of physical problems. Now, I'm not here this morning to preach a message to you. I'm not trying to sell you on a plan, but Dr. Colbert and the, this book my sister gave me, I don't know if I got it up here, my sister gave me a book at Christmas. It's called Superfoods. It's written by Stephen Pratt, who's an MD, and a girl named Kathy Matthews, who's a nutritionist. And she talks about superfoods, foods that are live. And I've got a few of these in this basket that my lovely, beautiful wife put together here. And, and we got a pineapple here, but, but 14, he has 14 superfoods that he lists, and he's got carrots listed as broccoli, cauliflower, blueberries, got the peppers, oranges, oranges are life, breads that are, are whole, whole wheat breads, breads that have no processed stuff, that haven't been bleached, olive oil, avocados, sweet potatoes. One of the healthiest foods in the world is sweet potatoes. Did you know that? I didn't know that. I like sweet potatoes. Now, when you start to put all the other stuff on top, not quite as healthy, but sweet potatoes. I always tell myself, well, if I eat a sweet potato and the other stuff, they kind of counteract, right? Isn't that right? You know, right? We're hoping to counteract. But, 
But these are live foods, are superfoods. Now, I, I've shared this with you. This is really personal to me. This is really per- like a light bulb went off of my head. My mother, at the age of 42, at the age of 42 was di- diagnosed with stage 4 melanoma cancer. Now, if you know anything about cancer, stage 4 is bad, right? Everyone say bad. Stage 4, you're at the end. The doctors don't give you long. And uh, it start, you know, she saw this little thing in her arm, didn't think much about it, started to grow, boom, and boom, she goes to the doctor, and they rush her right in, they get to do surgery. For the next 10 years of her life, she fought to live. I mean, she went chemo, radiation, all the stuff they do, to, they kill you, they try to bring you back to life. And it was just hell. Her next 10 years, literally, she lived hell. Now, I don't know why she got cancer. I don't know. Maybe it was, maybe it was the stuff that she ate. Maybe it was the food. Maybe it was the well, I don't know. But my mom got, at 42, started fighting for life. And my dad, at 49, started fighting for life. My dad was diagnosed with an incurable disease at the age of 49. And for the next 10 years of his life, he lived hell. I mean, literally, his physical body. Now, it wasn't right away that it happened to my dad. It was more slow. But the last three or four years of his life, it was terrible. It was just bad. Now, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he was in that small 20% that it was just genetic. I don't know. But it's awfully strange. Both my parents died very young. We have two friends that are very close to us that right now they're in their 50s and they're both dying with incurable cancer. They've done everything medical doctors got to say. And I will tell you that both of these guys are radically going after change in their life. One of them, it's actually working. Five years ago, diagnosed with a very rare form of bone cancer, radically changed, I mean, completely changed his diet. Completely went to live foods or superfoods. And, I mean, he's done everything medically, he's done everything... And the doctors can't believe it. He should not be alive. He should not. He was in the final stages of cancer when they diagnosed it. He's still alive. Now, he's fighting for life. And it isn't easy. He's doing everything he can. That's not the way we want to live. God's got a plan. It's called divine health. God's got a plan. Now, the same study that was done, they took 333 people, and they told them, listen, they told them that they got heart disease, because they did. They had heart disease. Their arteries were hard. They had high blood pressure. They told them, all the negative things that were going to happen if they didn't change their life. If they didn't change their lifestyle, if they didn't get proper exercise, if they didn't get rest, if they didn't change their diet, they told them all the negative things. A year later, out of those, there was 333 people, basically one in nine actually changed their life. Most people, the fear of death or the fear of something bad happening in your future isn't enough to cause you to change. It's just not. It doesn't matter what the problem. It doesn't matter what the problem is, the the fear of something bad happening in the future isn't enough generally unless the law is there with a ticket book to pull you over, <laughs> right? I mean, we'll, we will change. Like, we will stop texting while we're driving if they just start pulling everybody over that's texting while they're driving. Isn't that right? We'll stop doing that because there's a fear of what? Now, see, it's not a long-term potential punishment. It's a right-now kind of potential punishment. And if they make the fine stiff enough, you won't do it. But since there's no penalty for you not changing your way of life, other than maybe what's going to happen, maybe what's going to happen in a year. See, everyone thinks that they're the exception to the rule. Everyone thinks they're somehow going to bypass it. The fact is, we are the rule. It doesn't work that way. So change is very difficult. All kinds of reasons why we're afraid to change. You know, we're, we're afraid of the unknown. Sometimes people don't change because they're ignorant. They're just ignorant. They don't have enough knowledge. They don't have enough facts. Sometimes people don't change because they really don't. They really don't want to change. They already feel bad about themselves. A, 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 a lot of our relationship to food is because how we feel. It's a fact. A lot of our relationship to what we eat and when we eat and how we eat is is because of how we feel inside. 
It's not just hungry. There's something spiritually inside of us. We've got an issue, a problem, a stress, an anger, whatever, and we haven't dealt with it, and so we use food as a comfort. It's just, as a matter of fact, in the South, we call it comfort foods, <laughs> right? Uh, we've been listening to Paula Dean. If you don't know Paula Dean, she's a famous Southern chef, and uh, she's from Savannah, Georgia, and she, her, she calls her food comfort foods. And my wife and I, I never heard of her, bought a book a couple of years ago, and, and all of a sudden, now everywhere I turn, I hear Paula Dean, but we went to her restaurant in Savannah, Georgia, over Thanksgiving. And let me tell you, that girl can make some comfort food. Wow. Unbelievable. I mean, it was good. Really good. And if I ate that every day, I'd have problems too. But, but, but the fact is we haven't dealt with stuff. And the Holy Spirit of God is here today to challenge you to change. Not just change your diet. See, I want to move, I want to shift now because all of us have stuff. All of us have problems. All of us have issues. All of us have just stuff that we're working through in life. There's no one here that's Jesus. There's only one Jesus. There's only one God. There's only one. Jesus lived 2,000 years ago. He died on the cross. He rose from the dead. And then he, he said, guys, after he rose from the dead, he met his guys and said, guys, I'm alive. I'm not dead. I want you to go. I want you to tell other people I'm alive. And I have the power to change their life. Now, there's this guy in the Bible who had a radical encounter with God. His name was Paul. Everyone say Paul. Paul had a radical encounter with God. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Acts chapter 9. Paul was a guy who was living his life with intention. He was on a mission. Now, now, now Paul thought he was doing right. Paul just didn't have enough information, enough of the right information. Paul really was a zealot. I mean, he was... He was passionate for what he did. He was on a cause. He was on a purpose. I mean, he was living his life radically. He was a zealot. I mean, he was a total, he thought what he was doing was right. The problem, what what he was doing was wrong. Not only a little bit wrong, it was completely wrong. He He was going for the wrong goal. He was aiming for the wrong target in life. And it wasn't so much that Paul had a problem, but Paul was causing everyone else to have problems. I mean, everywhere that Paul went, I mean, he might have felt good, and his buddies might have felt good about what he was doing, but let me tell you, he was called, causing problems every, in everyone else's life. And as a matter of fact, the people that he was causing problems to, he was causing big problems. Verses 1 and 2 of chapter 9 says that he was actually dragging them off to prison. Some of them were being executed. Stephen, in Acts chapter 8, actually was stoned to death because Paul began, was persecuting Christians. He had a wrong understanding of who Jesus was. He had a wrong understanding of who, really who, who God was. He was stuck in this Old Testament mindset of I've got to work, I've got to do it, it's all up to me. And God's got a hold of the plan here that is revealed through Christ. So the first thing that I want you to see here is in verse number 3. And the Bible says, And he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Why are you persecuting me? You see, Paul had a revelation of the problem. Now, you've got to see this this morning. It wasn't just like, it wasn't like just Paul was living his life. No, God initiated to Paul that there was a problem. God initiated it. I call this radical, amazing grace. This is the grace of God. It's disgrace. That's all I can say. I mean, Paul was doing it all wrong, but God saw something in his heart. 
Because God saw something in his heart. God was just going to shower grace on him. God was going to pour out grace on him. The fact that you were here this morning tells me that God has poured out his radical grace on you. Now, you might not be doing all right yet. You might have problems in your life. And you might even be causing other people around you to have problems. But the fact that you're hearing my voice tells me that God drew you. See, God brought Paul and positioned him exactly where he wanted him. Paul was on the road to Damascus, and suddenly he sees a light, a bright light, a shining light. I call this the aha moment. You ever have an aha moment in your life before? Like, you know, I don't know about you, like this whole thing in food and diet, I've heard people talk about this for years. I never really paid much attention to it, but about a month ago, I really got it. I don't know, I just told my wife, like it's something inside of me really wants to live well. I don't care what you do. This is between you and God. I just, for me personally, I want to live well. And I want to finish well. And I want to finish strong. And there's some things that i got to do. There's some choices that I have to make that are different. God's, now give it. He's revealed it to me. He's spoken to my heart. I know that God's speaking to me about this area of divine health, of staying healthy, living healthy. This is my third time that I preach today. And I can tell you, and during the worship time, I was feeling really tired. I was starting to feel tired. i like, i got to do this one more time. You try this. I mean, I give 110% up here. Third time today, I'm thinking, you know what? I probably need to exercise a little more because I can feel like I need more energy, more strength. God's grace is with me. He's helping me today. But I know that. I know that I got to do my part. God always does his part. God's positioned you. God's brought you into place. Now, you got to say something. You got to do something. We're going to see that in just a moment. But he has a revelation of the problem. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He has a revelation of the problem. He's got a revelation. And the problem, the problem with Paul wasn't that he was hurting other people. You know his problem was? His problem was that he was hurting God. When you make a choice, when you make a choice not to do God's purpose for your life, yes, you will hurt other people. But ultimately, you're hurting God. God's heart breaks for you. Someone Facebooked me last night. We're coming to prayer. And I said, you got any prayer requests? Someone Facebooked me and said, pray for my family. My heart just breaks for them. I want them to know this love of God. And I was talking to that person today in one of the services, between services. And I said, I said you know that, that feeling that you felt for your family? That, that feeling of love, that feeling of compassion, that feeling that makes you hurt inside because you want them to know that same love? I said, just think how much more God feels. Oh, God loves people. Matter of fact, Jesus loved people so much when he was in the garden. The Bible says sweat just broke out on his, on, his, on his brow. It was so intense, his love for people. So Paul has a revelation of the problem, but something else happens here. Saul has a revelation of the person of Christ. He has a revelation of Jesus. You see, God brings you to a place not to leave you hanging. God wants to show himself strong on your behalf, whatever your problem, whatever your circumstance, whatever your challenge, it's just a vehicle that God uses to bring you to a place to say, God, uh, what's going on? Who are you, Lord? Who are you? Who are you, God? I remember saying this prayer, 1983, November 16th or November 15th, laying in bed. God, who are you? Are you really real? Where are you, God? I remember that. I remember it was like yesterday. And God, in His amazing grace, did the same thing to me that He did for Paul. 
I am Jesus. I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. You see, I want you to know that there is a Jesus. A man who came to this planet, who loves you, who died for you, and he has good in store for you. When Jesus lived on this earth, he said this, I've come to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly. Jesus, when he was on this planet, he said, I've come to heal you. You see, Jesus wants to heal your heart. He wants to heal your health. Jesus wants to heal your marriage. Jesus wants to heal your relationships. Jesus wants to heal the broken areas of your life. That's why he came. He said, I've come to preach good news. I've come to tell people that there is hope in God. Your life can change if you believe in me. That's what he said. If you believe in me, believe also in my Father. If you believe in me, you will have everlasting life. You see, Jesus came to give us hope, the revelation of the problem. He just didn't leave us there. Jesus had a message of affirmation for Paul. Some people are motivated by fear. Some people are, if there's a law attached to it. But if the consequence is something they can't see long term, most people just pass by it. You see, you've got to know that there's a benefit. There is a benefit to serving God. There's a benefit to serving God. Now, this is what happens. You can hear someone else testify. You can hear someone else talk about it. But until you have that personal revelation, it doesn't mean anything. You can hear someone else talk about how their life was changed when they came to Christ. And it just, you leave here and it doesn't mean anything to you. It just kind of falls on deaf ears. That's why I pray for this service. I was praying two weeks ago with Dave Stewart and his father Dennis at the altar here. Three weeks ago, I was praying, God, I just felt like I had preached the third message here and no one was here. And I said, oh God, let them have ears to hear. See, this isn't me. This isn't me. This is God using me to report to you his plan for you. And it's only found through the person of Jesus. It's only found through the person of Christ. You see, Paul saw a great light. Jesus said, I am that light. There's only one light in the world. There's only one true spiritual light. Now, this is offensive to many people. It's offensive in our culture. But there's only one light, and his name is Jesus. Now, the next thing that I want you to see is that you've got to be willing to change. So Christ comes to you. He's pouring out amazing grace. He's touching your heart. You realize that you got a need. You think, okay, Jesus, I'm ready. But you got to be willing to change the way that you think. Now, when it comes to food, people are going to leave here. They're going to go out, and we got hot dogs that we're selling out there and candy bars. And you're not, not a, you know, buy the hot dogs. They're all beef, right? All beef hot dogs. Okay, so they're still fairly safe. And, uh, but I was thinking, you know, people will listen to something. Well, that's okay. I'll do that tomorrow, right? I'll take care of that tomorrow. I'll start tomorrow. Well, tomorrow comes, and then I'll do it tomorrow. You've got to change the way that you think. Look at verse number 6. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do, Lord? What do you want me to do, Lord, to see my finances turn around? What do you want me to do, Lord, to see the relationships of my job fixed? What do you want me to do, Lord, to see my marriage fixed? What do you want me to do to, 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 to see me overcome this problem with this, with, with this addiction? Whatever it is. What do you want me to do, Lord? What do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise. 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 Now, 
God has a plan for you. God has a prescription for every ailment, for every problem that you have in life. Whatever it is, God has a plan. But you've got to be asking. If you're not asking Him, what do you want me to do? He's not going to tell you. Listen, if you ask, you shall receive. If you seek, you shall find. If you knock, the door shall be open unto you. Oh, amen. But if you never ask, it'll never happen. You'll just keep listening to this person and that person. and this. You'll just say, oh, I don't believe any of that. And then you get to be my age and you don't listen to nobody no more. Ah, oh, bless God. I haven't learned a new thing in 20 years, bless God. Ah, oh, you stuck. <laughs> I ain't going to say the rest of it, but you stuck. I don't need to learn that. Bless God, Facebook, Twitter, what's all that stuff? I don't know. I don't need that. Come on. God says, I want to change your life. Arise and go to the city, and you will be told what you must do. You see, God wants to tell you what to do, but you got to humble yourself. James says, if you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, he will lift you up. But God resists the proud. He resists the arrogant. He resists those who think they've got it all figured out and are not willing. He resists you. But if you open your heart, you say, God, what do you want me to do? God will tell you what to do. This is where most people miss it. This is where most people miss it, doing what he's told you to do. But we caught, because it requires an instant choice. An instant choice, an instant change. That's taking a step. God's poured it out. He's poured out his grace. Now God says, get up, arise, and go. So now you've got to take that first step. You know what they discovered? They've discovered that people that think they're going to change things incrementally or people are going to kind of slide into a behavioral change in their life almost never do it. Those people that I told you about, it's a fact. It's a true story. They did, they did these 300 people, and they told them all the negative benefits, and, and only one out of nine changed. Why? Why? And they know it's, there's always a payday. So most people don't do it. But I want to tell you there's benefits. There's benefits to choosing God. The next thing that I want you to see this morning, when you change, when you say yes to God, you've made a resolve in your height. The Bible calls this repentance. Repentance. And it's really simple, guys. It's a turning away from an old way of life. It's a, it's a turning away from disobedience and rebellion and turning back to God. Literally, it's a changing of the mind. Isaiah says this. Isaiah says, I am changed or set my heart to you. Ezekiel, the Bible says this about Ezekiel. Ezekiel said, my forehead is like a flint. Daniel said, I will not defile myself with the dainties or the foods of this world. They made a resolve to do it differently. And let me tell you, every guy that makes a resolve to do it differently, there's always a cause. Now, God has a God has a message. I want you to go. I want you to go to this house. Now, Paul's blind. If you read this story, he's blind. He can't see. So he goes to this house, and he's just waiting. Now, God speaks to another guy. I want you to see something here. This is not a self-help program. This is not a self-help message. Change is the result of the Holy Spirit's power working in you. See, it's all initiated by God. It's all done by God. You just have to respond correctly. 
That's where the rub is. You're trying to change it, trying to work, trying to do it, trying to, and it's so hard, and you wore out, and I can't believe it, that church so hard. And then all these people, they stop going to church, and so I tried it. The pastor, he's great, I can't believe it. He's talking to me. He's picking on me. No, no. See, change is a result of the Holy Spirit who lives in you. Oh, guys. I don't know how to say this. Glenn was in prayer last night. He just he started talking about how big God, the big God, is that's inside of you. He lives in you. And his power is here to change you. He's your helper. The word in the Greek is parakletos. It literally means a helper. One who comes alongside to help you when you're in your time of need. That's what he does. He loves you. He's here for you. Now, two things that I notice about this in this text of Paul's change. First thing, God had a person to come alongside. Look at verse number 17. Ananias went his way. Now, Ananias is told by God to go do this. Listen up here. God says, Ananias, I want you to go down to Paul. Ananias is a prophet. Ananias is like, no way, God. This guy, Paul, like everybody that hangs around here, him, has trouble. Right? Everybody, he's an EGR God. You know what EGR stands for in the church? Extra grace required. I mean, this guy, hey, that guy, Paul, I mean, everybody's hanging around with him. They got lots of problems in their life. They end up in prison, and maybe they get a few stones thrown at him. I don't think I want to go down to see that guy. Right? I mean, we read the story. But he goes down in obedience because he's, you know, God, now God's given him a vision, so he's got a really clear word, like he can't disobey this. So he goes, look what happens here. And on his way, he enters the house, and he lay hands on him, and he says, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you. Now, how did he know this? He got this by revelation. God wants to reveal to you. Jesus said, I am the spirit of truth, and I will lead you in the truth. I was praying this morning, God, I mean, I'm learning this. I'm growing in this. I'm growing in my understanding. Just even this area of food, I'm growing in my understanding. God really does have a plan. God has a plan. Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as he came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, Paul did have a problem. He couldn't see. Paul did have a problem. But God sent another person to come alongside to help him in his time of need. That's what friendship is about. That's what Christian friendship is about. That's what being a group, a small group of other believers who are reading the Bible and praying for one another is about. That's what being married is about. The Bible says that if one stumbles and falls into the ditch. The other person can pull them out. The Bible says, one will put a thousand, but two will put ten thousand. See, God sent this prophet, this man with a message of hope. God's here for you. God, God wants to fill you, Paul. God wants to change your life. Oh, it's so incredible. Because then he lays hands on him. The Holy Spirit fills him. The power of God's Spirit fills Paul at that very, very moment. And then the most incredible thing happens. Paul begins to do the mission. Paul immediately, the Bible says, he gets up and he goes and he starts preaching in the synagogues. He starts talking to his Jewish brethren who he's been working with to kill other Christians. He starts telling them about the hope. See, that's what happens when change happens in your heart. That's why I'm here today. God changed my life. He said, now I got a mission for you. 
God's used lots of people to help me. And some of the people that God used to help me, I didn't like very well. Some of the people that God used to help me weren't very nice to me. But some of the people that God used to help me were awesome. They were great role models. They loved me. They encouraged me when I was weak. They came alongside of me when I, when I felt pushed down. They prayed for me when I felt like I couldn't take another step. And see, that's the beauty of being part of God's kingdom. It's the beauty of being part of God's plan. Well, there's opposition always to change. There's always opposition. Sometimes the opposition is the devil. Sometimes it's other people. Sometimes other people want to pull you back down to their level. They just can't see. They can't see that you're getting ahead. They just can't see that you're breaking out. They just can't see you changing your life. They don't want that to happen because it starts to make them feel bad. So they pull you back down. But God says, no, don't worry about it. Get your ride with me. Come swim. Come swim in the river with me, and I'll carry you along. My burden is easy, and my yoke is light. Come with me. Come with me. Come with me. My burden, my burden is easy, and my yoke is light. Learn of me. Walk with me. Learn the enforced rhythms of grace. It's not struggling. It's not striving. It's just going with God. It's going with His flow. Wow. This is like, Lord, what do you want me to do? I want you to get up, and I want you to go. I'm going to give you instruction. I'm going to teach you. Because your spirit's, my spirit's in you, and I'm going to give you truth. I'm going to show you the right way to go. But you got to get up. you got to get up. You have to get up and say, God, I'm going to go. I'm going to do it your way. And amazing things start to happen. Paul's life was never the same. Paul went from being a herder to a helper. He went from being a a, a problem causer to a problem solver. His life was radically changed by the power of God's Spirit. That's what God wants to do in your life. I just, you know, I just, I'm, man, I'm just like, God, speaking to us. There's so many benefits. There's benefits to eating right. You'll feel better. You'll lose weight. And there's so many benefits. You'll have healthier bodies. And there's so many benefits it's so easy to understand, but it's so hard to do. But not with God. Jesus said, all things are possible to them that believe. All things. You can do it with God. Whatever the problem in your life is, with God, you shall do valiantly. For it is He who gives you the victory over your enemy. I want you, we're a people of victory today. We're a people of triumph. We're a people of overcoming. Come on, Amen. You see, the benefit today when we do it God's way, the benefit today is that God makes a habitation in His life forever. When we say yes to God, He makes this place a habitation where He's going to live forever. Happiness and a sense of well-being. Come on, these are all the benefits of running to God. Yes, healing for your body, your soul, and your spirit. Help for you when you are weak. Hope for when you are discouraged. And heaven as your final destination. Come on, heaven as your final destination. I got another H for you. If you don't do it his way, the other place, oh, you know what? I mean, it's your choice. Oh, everyone here, we already made the choice, I'm sure. But maybe not, I don't know. A lot of resistance in our lives to doing it God's way. 
God told the children of Israel in the wilderness. My wife says, very interesting. He never told them that if they didn't obey, they'd go to hell. He just said, you'd miss out. You'd experience death. But if you do it my way, you'll get life. Choose life. No, I don't know, guys. You're not going to get this all right when you first start, but you've got to get on base. You've got to at least take the step. You see, and then as you're going through life, I'm 46 now, there's like these mid-course corrections. Like, you know, you, I'm like stuck. I was stuck on the way I ate, doing all that. God's changing me. He's shifting my world. Help me to understand that really it is very important that I take care of this body. i got a journey still to go. So God's shifting mindsets in my life. Just one area. God's shifting mindset about money in my life. God's shifting mindset about how I raise my voice. He's just doing it. I mean, I feel all these things that's doing in my life right now because he's for my benefit. And the benefit of serving God and doing it his way and allowing his spirit to fill you today, the benefit is good. Thanks for listening to this message, Soul Food with lead pastor Eugene Smith. For service times and more information about City Church Orlando, please visit our website anytime at orlandocitychurch.com or call 407-321-9600.